Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. I've said all along that distribution is the most important part of any business. Without it, you've got nothing. In the case of our food chain, the food didn't stop growing, the animals didn't stop grazing, but the distribution chain has been interrupted in this pandemic environment. Coming in from Protect the Harvest is that CEO Dale Ludwig will be sharing with us how that disruption has affected the food chain and what it means to you here on Business Soup, where business comes for business. Dale, welcome to Business Soup. Well, it's good to be here, John. I sure appreciate the opportunity, so thank you. Dale, you are the chairman of the board, the number one guy at one of the best nonprofits out there. It's called Protect the Harvest. Protect the Harvest is a passion of Forrest Lucas of Lucas Oil. Let's talk about that passion that brought Forrest to bring this Protect the Harvest to the table. Forrest Lucas and his wife, Charlotte, have been longtime supporters. They, they started Protect the Harvest. But if you think back to his background, he grew up in southern Indiana, basically with nothing. He was hands-on. He was turning a wrench and from nothing. And, and obviously, he had an interest in anything that had a combustible engine. He often says that if he had been an oil chemist, he would have never developed the products that they currently have that have been so successful. But his passion for Protect the Harvest is his care for people, his employees, those people, those disadvantaged, especially farmers that are just trying to trying to make a living, that are, are working hard on the farm. And he wants to make sure that we continue to have the right to farm and that uh, we don't put too many roadblocks in the way of people that are trying to farm to grow food to feed the world. And uh, so right now we're entering a really interesting time that uh, we're all going to learn a lot because of this coronavirus. We're talking with Dale Ludwig. He is the chairman of the nonprofit Protect the Harvest, brought about by Forrest and Charlotte Lucas of Lucas Oil. And you mentioned just now about this new age with the coronavirus, and it has been politicized. It has been played up and down as to how impactful it is to our society. But one thing it has really impacted has been our economy. And as I was explaining to other people and and friends and family, is that just because this has been shut down doesn't stop the tomatoes from growing, doesn't stop the cattle from, from grazing. That aspect still continues. What has really been affected has been the food chain. As you mentioned, coronavirus has thrown in yet another obstacle into the farming community. In a lot of ways, what we've tried to do is play behind the scenes and and one of the biggest travesties that I've like ever been involved with has been the uh, processing plants closing down because people were either concerned about either had COVID-19 or were concerned about getting it but we we just don't have the capacity because of plants that are shut down to process especially pork and poultry and even beef. But, uh, you know, beef, we have a little more flexibility on 
But with pork and poultry, if you look at the pork industry, for instance, if a farmer sells like a thousand hogs a week, they go to a processing plant, they wash those buildings out and immediately a thousand pigs come out of the nursery and go into the finishing floor. At the same time, a thousand pigs come out of the farrowing house and go into the nursery. And so that supply chain, if it gets stopped, there's nowhere to go with these pigs. As a result, there are thousands. As I've been quoted as within the next six months, we will destroy a million pigs because we have nowhere to process them. What an absolute waste. It's terrible. I used to say and when I would do speeches from time to time, I'd I'd say consumers don't understand agriculture and the food system because they've never gone to a grocery store and there wasn't things there for them to buy. And all of a sudden we are entering a phase, one we saw it a couple weeks ago uh, when everybody rushed to grocery stores when we shut down, basically shut down the economy and told everybody to stay home. They rushed to grocery stores. And there were, in some of the stores I was in, there was no meat in the meat cases. And we are about to enter a the second phase as these plants are shut down if you take a third of the pork production out of the system there was a demand for that third before if it's no longer there somebody's going to go hungry one it's terrible it's also terrible that the farmers have produced the product and now can't get it to consumers because the bottleneck is the processing and not not having capacity to, to process those those animals. That's one of the things we've done at Protect the Harvest. We tried to tried to get a message and we did. And one of the great things about Forrest Lucas, because he has been so successful in business, a lot of people know who he is. And the That's fact right. that he's from Indiana, he has a relationship with the vice president. So with Protect the Harvest, we like early on gave them a heads up on how important it was that we tried to do everything we could to keep these processing facilities open and even suggested maybe bringing in the National Guard. You know, that hasn't happened, but the president does understand, and I think a big part because of Protect the Harvest. In what better way to protect the harvest than trying to make sure that animals that are ready to be harvested, processed, and go to consumers, what better way to protect the harvest than to address those issues? And so we were on that early, weren't able to make as much of an impact as we had hoped to, but as a result, the president did sign a bill that says we will keep these processing facilities open. Yes, I recall seeing that in the news that he's saying that we just cannot disrupt the food chain. What is the mystique, the mystery, the problems that people, the misconception about GMOs, those genetically engineered seeds that has everybody up in arms, either in favor or opposed to? What is it about GMOs that makes it beneficial to our society and to my listeners, these the individuals as small business owners? Well, there's nothing wrong with the GMO products. The benefit to them is that they're able to help us use less crop chemicals, less herbicides, less insecticides by putting traits into plants, make them resistant to certain herbicides or that will prevent insects from being able to eat the plants or if they do, they, they die. And these, these things have gone through 
tremendous amounts of testing, so there's no issue, but it's the unknown, and it's people that are taking advantage of the unknown that are able to scare people into not using certain products. Now, I personally think that there is room for everybody in in virtually all industries. I think that there are people that want to consume organic products, and I think we should offer those things to consumers. And I do believe that the organic industry is the one thing that appears to be profitable at this point in time. These farmers that are very productive in growing GMO products, there's nothing wrong with those products, but they're having a real struggle now, especially if you take a look at corn, half the ethanol plants are shut down in the country. 40% of the corn that we consumed was going into ethanol. So we, we just have a lot more corn than we know what to do with. And as a result, the price has suffered and farmers are going to have a real challenging time even breaking even growing corn. And so if that's the issue with corn, well, people will switch from corn to soybeans and all of a sudden we have overproduction of soybeans and we have an issue there. I think the same thing with meat. There are people that want to have plant-based fake meat and if they want to consume those products, I think they should be able to. My biggest concern with the plant-based meats is that their tactic in trying to capture part of that market is that they say false things about the meat industry that are just absolutely not true. As long as we're all we're all telling the truth and all on a level playing field, you know, I think there's room for everybody. And consumers are the people that ultimately make the choice. But let's give them the facts. Let's not come up with stories about how horrible that GMOs are or how bad that a cow is to the environment. Things that they say about a cow is just absolutely not true. Well, the same thing that goes into a cow goes into people. The same thing that goes out of people goes out of cows. And the population would not accept a taxation of our own CO2 emissions. But boy, you can attack the cow who has no voice. And it's just another, what I call another money grab, a way to tax that which is a force of nature. It just happens by nature is a small factor, but it's been politicized and nothing motivates people quicker than the fear of loss. Fear is the greatest motivator to get people to take action and telling them that the cows are killing them is a great way of motivating what I call that fear of loss. That's why we need to try to educate consumers. But at the end of the day, they're going to err on the side of safety. So Whoever doesn't tell the truth can oftentimes be very successful at frightening people into making decisions that they normally wouldn't make. And that's one of the things that Protect the Harvest we try to do is just get as much information out on what is actually factual, especially as it relates to agriculture and the, and especially the livestock or animal industry. We also try to prevent people from passing undue regulations that don't particularly make any sense. Nobody cares more about the cows on my farm than I do. Nobody cares more about the cows on your farm than you do. I've often said if I was a cow, I'd want to be I'd want to be right here on our farm because we treat them with uh, respect. We treat them, we feed them, we give them shelter, we give them water. Um, all those things that allow them to uh, to have a happy life.
And if they are treated, and by treatment I mean given an antibiotic, it's because they're sick or they're hurt, they're injured. Is we'd never give those things because it doesn't make sense if they didn't need them. You know, if a cow has pink eye, it, they need to be treated because you want to save that eye and you want, don't want them to be in pain. Pink eye in cattle is extremely painful. So you want to try to help them. If they have pneumonia, you treat them so they don't die. It's the humane thing to do, but we don't use antibiotics unless they're necessary. We're talking with Dale Ludwig, who is the chair of the Protect the Harvest, a passion of Forrest and Charlotte Lucas of Lucas Oil. Today, we are able to farm for the population of today, but it's going to be very difficult and challenging for the farmers of today to be able to produce literally twice as much on the existing farmland that we have. With that demand, the politicians are putting so many constraints upon the farmers and ranchers, and you are about to witness and experience just from one incident, a recession by incident known as the COVID-19 coronavirus has put a real test on us to understand what can happen when you disrupt the food chain. And speaking of the food chain, Dale, what is the position of Protect the Harvest on the on what has happened with the country of origin being taken off of food products such as well livestock and other food services? How does Protect the Harvest see that dismantling or taking that simple label off country of origin? That is a extremely complicated issue. Let me address it this way. As long as we allow people to import meat into this country and grind it here into hamburger or sausage and then call it a product of the U.S., it like doesn't make labeling very effective. I know that the livestock industry has spent a, a lot of money trying to make that work, but you know, we need to totally revamp that if we're going to make that successful. Nobody's more proud of the U.S. than I am. Uh, nobody would prefer to consume all products that are in the U.S. But the problem with the origin labeling, it gets distorted when you're able to, to bring imported meat in here, do one, one process, and then, then refer to it as, as U.S. beef or pork or whatever. So... It's an excellent point, but it's a whole lot more complicated than just saying by U.S., if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. The animals have not been cared for traditionally the way that we do here in the States. And removing that label just means that you don't know where it's coming from. It may have a USDA stamp on it, but that's only because it's been inspected. That doesn't mean it came from this country. That's correct. And... As I said, it may come from a different country and get ground into hamburger here, and then they call it a product of the U.S. And the the meat industry here has spent a substantial amount of money promoting U.S. products, and then they get undermined with the what I just referred to, like doing one processing step and then calling it a product of the U.S. I know there are a lot of people in the meat industry that pull their hair out it just uh, because they believe that consuming U.S. products is the right thing to do, but it just hasn't worked out the way that they had intended. 
Well, the arguments on the political side is that it's opening opportunities of competition along the lines of a free trade. Well, you know, if everybody's playing by the same rules, free trade works quite well. But when others cheat the system, free trade doesn't work. It only goes against those who are following the free trade policies and have been preached by by so many noted economists on the free range, free trading. Doesn't always work. No, it, it, it doesn't. I believe in free trading and free trade, but the definition of fair trade becomes the eye of the beholder. And the U.S. hasn't normally been treated very fair in most of those free trading, uh, trading issues. At the same time, um, the export market is important for us. My understanding that we are importing a substantial amount of beef right now with not enough processing facilities to even process what we have. Uh, Some of these things just don't make any sense. We're talking with Dale Ludwig, the chairman of the board of the Protect the Harvest. It's a nonprofit organization that is out to support the heartland of America. Dale, we are seeing a lot of extremist groups that are trying to control every aspect of the farm to table through regulation, legislation and litigation from land use to water use and rights of animal ownership. When you hear the words of these extremists, what are their call to action, the fear mongers that try to get people to respond, to react and take action? what is literally against the food chain. What are some of the catchphrases that they use to bring attention to their cause? And that should alert us and give us warning and take a better look at and and not respond to their fear-mongering. For many of these people, it's an economic thing. These groups bring in, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars that they use to to the advantage of their organization, they pay their people well, Uh, but it's become an industry of its own. And they they like to to then take that money and continue to to fight against people that are trying to make a living doing it. And they don't understand agriculture and they don't really understand how and why animals are treated as well as they are by the people that, that own them. You know, it, it's, it's just a distortion in thinking. And they, they think different than the people that are trying to help feed the world. And um, you know, at the end of the day, people can consume plant proteins, but most of us don't want to because of it's just not as good a product, doesn't taste as good, it isn't as healthful. And, um, you know, but a lot of that is driven by economics. Sure. And there's a call to action that you see on television. Who doesn't respond to that tearful display of a, a puppy or a kitten and saying that it came from a bad environment? And there are bad seeds out there. There are bad players. There are a few people out there. I, I think it's a, a really small number that don't treat animals the way they should and protect the harvest will come out against those people as strongly as anyone. But 98, 99% of all the people in, in the country, especially in farming communities, treat their animals extremely well because it is what they believe, but it's also important for them to be able to run their operation and be profitable doing it. I grew up in, in agriculture on a farm. I've been involved in agriculture my entire life. Um, we do it because... 
we uh, we care about feeding people. We care about the environment. We care about animals. And uh, nothing's going to change that. That's why we're involved in Protect the Harvest. Dale, for my audience of small business owners, they listen to Business Soup for the tips, tools, and techniques. What's the one thing that you would want them to understand as to why they need to get involved with Protect the Harvest? Volunteer with Protect the Harvest. Help us raise money. We're trying to make sure that we protect the rights of people to eat, to hunt, to fish, to farm. And we're trying to to do that with a budget as minuscule. So get involved. Help us raise money so we have some resources to help fight some of those issues, fight regulations. Regulation, litigation, and legislation are uh, issues that it's a knife that can cut both ways, but we need to at least, we need to have some bullets to play in that game. Well, farmers as well as small business owners, the harvesters of life, get involved. And when you see the name Lucas Oil, I want you to associate that with Protect the Harvest because you'll see him at rodeos. You'll also see it in boat racing, motocross. You see it on television. Lucas Oil is out there to get the message out. And Forrest and Charlotte Lucas are pushing their passion of Protect the Harvest. And Dale, I want to thank you for being a part of this serving of Business Soup. John, thanks for the opportunity. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.